Back to throw Fitzpatrick. Throwing high into the air. Got it. Parker, touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins each and every day. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we've got a busy one. We're going to get caught up on the news from last week. We'll get into a free agent analysis on Kayvon Frazier, focus on the key, small, but not unimportant details of the Dolphins offseason and begin to dissect this roster from the top to the bottom, starting with the defense on this Monday, May the 11th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And later into this episode, we're going to get into the nitty gritty details behind the makeup of this Dolphins defense. But first, a couple of players that just didn't jive with what this front strives to be on this Dolphins defense. The Dolphins were able to recoup a seventh round draft choice from Atlanta for Charles Harris. Obviously, that pick didn't work out the way we had hoped it would. Also going to talk about ideal body types and athletic profiles. And the next player on our list of players departing the roster fit that type of of build man but taco charlton he too was inactive late in the season coming out of michigan he had the look of a guy that could rush at the edge condense inside but according to pro football focus the dolphins allowed more than five yards per carry off either edge last season and i think we're seeing how this staff thinks they can mitigate that issue of course with shaq lawson emmanuel ogba curtis weaver jason strobridge all big big dudes off that edge that were added this offseason again more on that in just one moment So Charlton, he is cut, but he does catch on with the Chiefs, and I suspect you'll see that a little bit more, not just from the Dolphins roster this year, but going forward, guys that are cut and catch on pretty quickly elsewhere across the league. So best of luck to Charles Harris and best of luck to Taco Charlton in Atlanta and KC, respectively. The trade of Harris brings back an additional seventh round draft pick. We did acquire that sixth round pick from the Seahawks in this year's draft, but didn't have the original six because of the Minka Fitzpatrick trade last year and all those mid late round pick swaps the Dolphins did in that trade so this gives Miami the two first rounders and two second rounders a third a fourth a fifth a sixth and two seventh round draft picks next year we will not be getting any compensatory picks as that formula is based on money spent and players lost and the Dolphins salary and coming in certainly outweighs the compensation going out for players lost so barring any trades which I wouldn't discount Flores and Greer They are going to work to add assets and future resources to this roster, well, in perpetuity. But as it stands right now, 10 draft picks with four of those scheduled to come in the top 64 at least, and another one, five total picks in the top 100 at least. So not a bad place to be for future roster building purposes. All right, that's the parts going out. One part coming in that we never got around to was the versatile acquisition over draft weekend, not Matt Breida. We covered him on a previous podcast, but Kayvon Frazier, previously of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I want to be sensitive here and both apologize for not covering that trade, but also take another tip of the cap to Don Shula. 
That was a tough week last week for Dolphins Nation, and since I'm always one for putting positivity to things, the outpour we saw for Coach from the alumni, from us here in the creative and social departments here, and the like from the Miami Dolphins, and also the fan base, man, this is a special group, a special organization, and now we work to honor Don Shula as best we can. So RIP, Coach, you were the greatest of all time. Rest in peace, sir. And a player that Don would have loved because he loves to play downhill and smack people in the mouth is Kayvon Frazier. And can we first just talk about this real quick? When was the last time you recall this much emphasis on a Dolphins special teams unit? I know Flores is a known stickler for details, and I couldn't be more thankful for that as a Dolphins fan. I think we saw the impact in that last year in getting more than the sum of the parts, but also drastically improving in penalty rankings across the board in terms of league rank from the three years prior to that. But we add a former special teams captain here in Clayton Fedulum of the Bengals, another one from Philadelphia in Kamu Gruje-Hill, and now Kayvon Frazier on top of a crop of rookies that nearly all played special teams at some point in their college careers. And since this has been a podcast full of tangents already, I watched a lot of football this weekend and a mobile nine-months pregnant wife that just wants to lounge and read her book left me to my own devices over the weekend. So I thought, hey, let's go ahead and watch some football. Why not? What else? am I going to do? And one of those many games I watched was the Dolphins' victory over the Indianapolis Colts from last season, and the punt returner in that game was Marcus Sherrills, who was signed mid-season, and it made me write this thread on Twitter that I want to cover now. We talk all the time about four-down players. It's a sub-genre of versatility. The more a guy can do, the more roster flexibility increases for you. So in this Week 10 game, the Dolphins have returned specialist Marcus Sherrills, and he was signed after injuries to Jakeem Grant and Preston Williams put the Dolphins up against it for the return man. He plays 56 snaps in the season, all of those on special teams. So that's a roster spot for your return man. And the Dolphins acquired six players with return backgrounds this offseason alone. Brandon Jones had 14 punts and three kick returns in college. Malcolm Perry returned 20 kickoffs. Noah Igbenogany had 44 kickoff returns, two of those for touchdowns. Matt Breida has five to his name in his career. Both of the UDFA wide receivers did some returning in college. Matt Cole with 23 kickoffs and eight punts just last year, and he too scored one of each of those. And Kirk Merritt out of Arkansas had 11 kick returns. Williams and Ford returned kicks last year for the Dolphins, and we know about Albert Wilson has a big history of returns as well. No detail too small. None of these additions arrive as return exclusive players, nor are the incumbents but the depth, that hardly seems like an accident in terms of roster construction. So depth is kind of the name of the game here on special teams, but you've also got depth across the roster. On the offensive line, you didn't have that last year. Now you've got much more depth. You've got much more depth at running back. The quarterback room is deeper. Wide receiver was already pretty deep, and you've got depth at all three levels on defense, and special teams, of course, has depth as well. I mean, Jason Sanders in his rookie year goes from a 90% kicker down to a 77% kicker in year two. So we spend a draft pick on the unanimous number one long snapper in all of college football because if that snap takes the holder's hand up or down one inch, that can negatively impact the kicking game. So it's all about these details, 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 details. If there's an area that needs fixing, Flores and Greer are going to roll up the sleeves and get in there and try to make it better. And I want to roll this thing back and maintain perspective 
perspective here because you are what you are in the NFL and we're coming off a five-win season and Flores said it himself, games are not won in March and April and a lot of work has to be done. Hell, he even referenced as much with each rookie and how they've all got work to do in his post-draft presser. But you got to like the trajectory here, the consistency. And again, we'll get to more of that here in just one moment. Let's dovetail this thing now back into Kayvon Frazier before we talk about the consistency of the roster additions so far. And you can find a written piece on Kayvon up on MiamiDolphins.com. And we start simply with the makeup of Frazier on the football field. He's a four-year pro who played 44 games in Dallas and started two of those games on defense during the 2018 season. In his career, he has 67 total tackles, a sack, forced a fumble, and made four tackles for a loss on 461 defensive reps in his career. He is prototypically built to play safety down in the box and otherwise. He made a mark on the Cowboys special teams unit at six feet tall, 225 pounds, coming out of Central Michigan University. NFL.com and Lance Zerline praised the muscular build of the Dolphins' new defensive back saying this, quote, has the physical build of a grown NFL man with broad shoulders and muscular frame. Classic height, weight, speed prospect comes downhill looking for work and run support, explodes through his targets as a hitter and looks to make statements has experience high and low as a safety good stop start foot quickness for a big safety special teams demon with 14 tackles and punt and kick coverage over the last two years in college his college coach was a longtime NFL special teams coordinator who praises Frazier's special teams potential should test well at the combine and he did test well at the combine and his prowess on special teams continued into the professional ranks we talked about 461 reps on defense he played 638 special teams reps over his four years in Dallas and his participation in that third phase of the game is widespread 156 on kick return 229 on kickoff coverage 140 on punt return 145 on punt coverage and 16 reps on field goal block to round out his resume he made 17 tackles as a Cowboys special teams ace over those four years in 2017 he had a career high 226 snaps on defense and on 75 rundown snaps Frazier made 11 run stops those are tackles within two yards of the line of scrimmage according to pro football focus so a high percentage of run stops on his rundown plays And another staple of fitting the criteria of being a Miami Dolphin extends not just on the football field, but beyond it as well. As Brian Flores always talks about wanting to make guys better people, better husbands, better fathers, just a better man in general. And Kayvon Frazier, he is known for giving back to his community and did so in Dallas. There's a story up on 247sports.com and the Dallas Cowboys section of their website there where it talks about Frazier providing 120 laptops to Dallas area schools last summer, the latest in a long line of charitable contributions from Frazier who gave a quote last Christmas season about giving out gift cards saying this quote, it's my favorite time of year because I really get to show it to show an impact on these kids' lives and give back. We gave 50 kids a $150 gift card to get whatever they want. If they want to get themselves something, if they want to get their family something for Christmas, we are giving back to what God has blessed us with 
Yeah, it's my favorite time of year, end quote. And he is beloved by the community down there in Dallas, by his teammates, but also his coaching staff. His special teams coordinator, Keith O'Quinn, made his thoughts known about the key traits that Frazier brought to work every day, saying this, quote, First of all, he's brought a physical presence to our unit. This from the DallasNews.com. The way he works is off the charts. He brings physicality. He's got size. He can run. And those are traits you look for initially in terms of core guys for your special teams unit. But the praise could have ended there, and it didn't, because O'Quinn wanted to praise Frazier for his versatility and desire to get on the field in any fashion. Quote, his ability to punt at flyer, those flyers affect the punt game greatly. Without great flyers, and you can call those guys gunners as well, without great flyers, it's hard to have a presence downfield on coverage. He does a good job on kickoffs too. He's a four-phase player who is a physical rusher on cat, which is our punt return. It's really the physical traits and toughness he has, which is what we're all about, end quote. Physicality, toughness, a four-down player. To me, Kayvon Frazier could not sound more like a Miami Dolphin under Brian Flores. So strength in numbers, depth, guys that can play multiple spots on your football team, creating roster versatility. And with that, I want to jump now into the kind of headliner of today's podcast, this Monday, May the 11th edition of the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network. And tomorrow we're going to do offense, but I wanted to do this review last week. And because things changed, we're doing it now. And I want to get a look at the types of players Miami have acquired on the defensive side Something I've typically done in the past, taking a look at the players the Dolphins acquired, how their roster shapes up, and what it says about the kind of football team they want to be. And I wrote that post-draft article about the consistency of the message for tough, smart players that fit a certain criteria on the field. It's nice to see an acquisition and know exactly why that player was added and the thinking behind that signing or draft pick. We aren't the only team that does this, like not by a long shot, but not every team does this. There are still some square pegs in the round hole additions that are made out there every single year. But with this team, with this roster construction, you see a clear plan, a clear vision to make this team the way they want to in terms of on-field makeup and their on-field athletic profiles. So we start here up front on the defensive line. Let's just go ahead and read through it. I'm spreading these guys out to unique categories because I think it's not genuine to pigeonhole most of these guys. A lot of them can do multiple things for you on offense and on defense. But for the sake of continuity, I went with down defensive linemen, edge players who are kind of end slash linebacker types off the outside, off-ball linebackers, which are linebackers that typically line up off the football, and defensive backs, all DBs in this defense have got to cover. So really, if you're a safety, you're also a corner. So per the MiamiDolphins.com official website and their roster and NFL.com measurements via the NFL scouting combine, we start with those down linemen. Christian Wilkins goes 315, Devon Godshaw goes 311, and Zach Sealer goes 290. The additions made to the defensive line, Emmanuel Ogba, 275, Shaq Lawson, 267, and then Raekwon Davis, another player that kind of fits that Wilkins-Godshaw more beefier guy. He's split between those two, 313, literally two pounds heavier than Godshaw, two pounds lighter than Wilkins. And he really does have the frame to add more, but that's where he's at right now coming out of Alabama. We'll see what the coaching staff wants him to do in terms of his weight. Jason Strobridge, 273. Again, right in the middle of Lawson and Ogba. I mean, you couldn't script this more perfectly. They're finding guys that split the difference between the people they have in-house in terms of their weight on that defensive line. And how about the athletic profiles? Wilkins, a 107 broad jump, 5.044 40-yard dash, 
32 and a half inch arms, all of those in the 70th percentile or better across interior defensive linemen at that year's combine. We do not have workout numbers from Devon Godshaw up front, but the arm length there is similar to Wilkins at 32 and 3 8 inches with the arm length. Zach Sealer, again, no measurements for him out of Ferris State, but literally the first note on Lance Zerline's scouting notebook is, quote, good combination of length, power, and size, and that theme you'll see with the long arms and explosive testing metrics. Another note is that he plays with heavy, violent hands, comes out of his stance low with plenty of aggression, and he also clocked a 4 8 3 40 and 31 bench reps at his pro day. A strong, strong, explosive player. 31 bench reps with his length and his size. That's pretty impressive. The additions made up front in Emmanuel Ogba, I mean, come on, 35 and a half inch arms. You want to talk about length? Wowza. 121 inches on the broad, have mercy. 35 and a half inch vertical. We're talking about 90th percentile or better in those key areas. He checks all those boxes. Shaq Lawson talked about Miami having to get better off the edge, and boy, did they with these two signings. Lawson goes 120 on the broad, 33 on the vert, both top 80th percentile, and just a smidge shy of 33-inch arms, but I think I would argue that he plays even longer than that when you watch him on tape. Raekwon Davis at 313 has a broad of 111. Come on, that's not even real. The arm length, just a smidge under 34 at 33 and 7 8 inch arms and 81 inches on the wingspan. The guy's a pterodactyl out there on your defensive line. Jason Strobridge, 31 inch vertical, 113 broad, sneaks in just under 49 with a 4.89 in his 40 yard dash and a sub 753 cone. His arms are again a smidge under 33 inches at 32 and 38. So these guys all fit that profile guys that can move laterally, guys that can lock out, play at the point play with power. You've got Durval Neto, Ray Lima, and Benito Jones who round out this group, and I don't have workout numbers on those guys, but there's a lot of beef in there too. Lima and Jones are both 316, and Neto, he's the outlier here as he is quite literally a human giant. He goes 330 pounds, and he did some cross training last year on the offensive line, and that fits the theme that we'll cover on tomorrow's show as well, talking about the size of the offensive lineman. Now, at edge, let's go ahead and start with the weight. Kyle Van Noy, 250. Vince Beagle, 246. Andrew Van Ginkle, 242. Trent Harris, 255. Curtis Weaver goes 265. And you could argue that maybe he goes with that down front group in terms of down linemen. I think he might be more of a guy that can play both roles, but we'll find out in training camp and beyond. So his 265 maybe not fitting in the typical mold of this group, but he can do multiple things. So that's where he goes. Then you've got Avery Moss at 266. I think the same is true with him as it is with Curtis Weaver. I do not want to pigeonhole these guys, so please keep that in mind. And then Tyshawn Render goes 248. As far as the athletic measurements, Kyle Van Noy, 112 broad, 7223 cone. Man, he can really corner and angle, but also play with the power and their upper body strength that allows him to drop that pad level and take on contact to hold the point, allows him to blitz from multiple spots, as we have seen continuously from him up in New England. Vince Beagle, 118 broad, a 692 in his three cone time, man, he can corner, he can run games, whether he's twisting, slanting, stunting, and he's got a little bit more length than Kyle Van Noy at 32 and three eighths inch arms there for Vince Beagle. Andrew Van Ginkle, the gangster, 
38 inches on the vert, that's 90th percentile, 123 on the broad, also better than 90th percentile, 6983 cone time, that guy is an athletic marvel as well, and he can show you that in last year's tape when he got back onto the field, had a very strong finish to the season. Trent Harris, check out the season finale for him in Foxborough, he'll show you some of the goods, he did not participate in the combine, he was on an invite there out of the University of Miami. Curtis Weaver, 32 and a half inch vertical, 116 inch broad, a 7 flat three cone and 32 and three eighth inch arms. Again, fits the prototype there. Avery Moss, 34 and a half inch arms, 32 and a half inch vert, 114 broad. It's like clockwork, man. All these guys kind of come in similar packaging, a consistent vision for what you want to be on defense. Tyson Render did not work out, but he is in similar territory with his size and athletic profile. Big, strong, heavy-handed guys that can play in multiple spots, guys that can corner well, control the point, and have the athletic ability to remain fluid across multiple different positions and different responsibilities in the week-by-week changing of the Miami Dolphins scheme. How about off-ball guys? We made two off-season additions here, plus one undrafted free agent. And I think this one is a little bit different as far as prototype goes because there's a bit more range here since these guys are going to be asked to kind of have more of a wider scope of roles in terms of one guy doing one thing and another guy doing other things in this defense. Jerome Baker, 225. Raekwon McMillan, 242. Kamu Gruje hill 230. Landon Roberts, 238. Sam Aguavin, 236. Crawford goes to, uh, 239. Calvin Munson goes 245. And Kylan Johnson goes 230. Jerome Baker jumped out of the gym at his combine workout. 36 and a half inch vert, 126 on the broad jump, a classic modern day linebacker that can run, hit, and cover. Raekwon McMillan, we know Raekwon will smack fullbacks, pulling guards and ball carriers in the mouth, but how about a 33-inch vert and a 121-inch broad to go along with that? That's unicorn stuff for a guy that plays so physical. Kamu Gruje-Hill, talk to an Eagles fan about this guy, and you'll see exactly what they thought of him, not just on special teams, but also on defense. Recall back to the pre-draft episode, I had Ben Fennell on the podcast, and he mentioned that when Gruje Hill got hurt at practice last training camp, it was like someone died. Nobody wanted to see him go down because he was such an integral part of that defense. No combine, but his pro day was absurd. 95th percentile in the vertical jump at 38 and a half and a 4-4-5 40-yard dash. That also checks in in the 95th percentile for linebackers. Elandon Roberts, just more plain absurdity here. 4-6-40, 36-inch vert, 120-inch broad. We are a team full of physical athletes, man. Sam McGuavin, 125 on the broad, 7153 cone, and a 38 and a half inch vertical from his pro day. And you can see that on his CFL tape and last year in his NFL tape with the Miami Dolphins. I could not find numbers on James Crawford, Calvin Munson, or Kylan Johnson as they round out the group there of my off-ball linebackers. And finally, the defensive backs, There are 17 total on this list. We're not going to worry about weight on this particular position group because I think the athletic traits are the point we really want to kind of drive home here in terms of what the Dolphins are trying to do at the position and just on those athletic traits because frankly, you have to be elite at them to be a Miami Dolphins defensive back. Corners got to run. They got to tackle. They got to find the football. I remember when Flores was first hired, I have a buddy who works on the Patriots beat and he did my last podcast here on Locked On Dolphins before drive time was a thing. And he talked about world-class athletes in the secondary. Well, here's some proof of that. 
Byron Jones ran a 4.36, literally has a world record for broad jumping and a 44 and a half inch vertical, all of those in the 98th or better percentile. Yeah, that's completely ridiculous. Xavier Howard, 80th percentile in his 40 and on his vertical jump alike and 75th percentile in the broad jump at 125 plus. You've seen Xavier Howard on the field firsthand here with the Miami Dolphins and what he does on game day as a shutdown cornerback. Eric Rowe, a safety cornerback combination, played safety from week six on last year. He ran a 4-4-5, a 39-inch vertical, a 125-inch broad. All of those check in very well in terms of the athletic scorecard. Bobby McCain, also a cornerback safety combo. Hell, most of these guys can play both. 130 inches on the broad, that's 90th percentile. A ridiculous 3.82 short shuttle, that's 95th percentile. Tells you about his change of direction ability. Noah Igbenogany, a first-round draft pick this year. And much like Byron Jones is Nick Swardson playing Dance Dance Revolution in the movie Grandma's Boy. Did I break it? Yes, you did break it with your 40-inch vertical, 128-inch broad, and a 447 40-yard dash. Brandon Jones out of Texas. We didn't get workout numbers on him because he had the shoulder injury he was recovering from, but go to YouTube, watch his tape, and you'll see how well he moves and his explosiveness as well. So Brandon Jones fits the profile. Nick Needham at his 2019 UTEP Pro Day clocked a sub 4-4 long speed. Anybody? He's got plenty of that to burn. Adrian Colbert just got a one-year extension after signing in season last year to help the Dolphins secondary. Now, there's a story on NinersNation.com that says he clocked a 4-2-5 at his Pro Day, but he also has a handheld timer time of 4-4-9, so it's probably somewhere in the middle there, but he was also the Texas State champion in high school in the 400 meters, so yeah, he can scoot as well. Clayton Fedulum located Pro Day numbers on the new Dolphins defensive back there in Fedulum. He had an absurd 40 and a half inch vertical and a 121 inch broad jump. Just more crazy numbers from this Dolphins defense. Kayvon Frazier, we talked about him in the open. 40 and a half inch vertical, 128 inch broad. Checking the boxes for 90th plus percentile there. And Cordray Tankersley, he's an incumbent before the Dolphins current regime got here, but he too clocked a 4-4-40 and had a 121 inch broad jump at his combine workout. I couldn't locate Tay Hayes or Jamal Perry or Ryan Lewis or Steven Parker or Ken Webster or Nate Brooks in the defensive backfield, but all 17 of those guys in Gerald Alexander's defensive backfield room look to really have the athletic profile and makeup that both Brian Flores and Josh Boyer want there at the position. So shall we recap? Up front, strong, powerful, long, tough to move, able to hold the point and create penetration through lower half explosiveness and disengage with length and heavy hands and the ability to key the quarterback, key the running back, key the mesh point and zone read game and really disengage that way and be smart football players. You've got Christian Wilkins, Shaq Lawson, Emmanuel Ogbaugh, Devon Godshaw, Raekwon Davis, Zach Sealer, Jason Strobridge, Derval Neto, Ray Lima, and Benito Jones on those down linemen. In the middle portion of the defense, at your edge, Kyle Van Noy, Vince Beagle, Andrew Van Ginkle, Trent Harris, Curtis Weaver, Avery Moss, and Tyshan Render. Off-ball linebackers, Jerome Baker, Raekwon McMillan, Kamu Gruje-Hill, Alandon Roberts, Sam Aguavin, James Crawford, Calvin Munson, and Kylan Johnson. What do they all have? Versatility, which of course is true of every spot on this defense, on this football team. Good ability to corner 
corner, fluid hips that can move in all directions, going in coverage, rushing the quarterback, playing the run, stacking up, and that size to stack up and play the run as well. On the back end, track athletes, guys that can run with those deers on the outside. We get receivers every single year that can run 4-3, coming out of college football, so you have to have the speed on the outside to match them. Good leaping numbers and lower half explosiveness. Let's just call them what they are. They're world-class athletes in Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, and Bobby McCain, the incumbent there. Noah Igbenogany, Brandon Jones, and Nick Needham in that defensive back room. Adrian Colbert, Clayton Fedulum, Tay Hayes, Jamal Perry, Ryan Lewis, Stephen Parker, Kayvon Frazier, Ken Webster, Cordrea Tankersley, and Nate Brooks. The vision... It is very consistent, and they're trying to execute that this year. We'll see what happens when they get on the football field, hopefully in time for training camp to watch all these guys work out. I cannot watch to see all the multiplicity, how they put together these packages, their base, their sub, what they do. It's going to be very exciting to watch that and have it covered on training camp. But as for today's show, that is going to be my time. We'll come back tomorrow and do the offensive side as well as get to know the undrafted free agent class. But as for now, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from out there. Go ahead and leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible podcast. New episodes up for each of those shows last week. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.